really is. When I've checked, it has been. Yeah, seems <laughs> so to be working okay. Something. All right, we are recording. Welcome to the family of the Tom Bernard. What a network? Is that what it is? I'll, you're something. in charge. Yeah, yeah. It's your <laughs> that's Tom Bernard. Like something I know that Tom Bernard's here that's with Tevin Pittman, Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brant Bernard. See, we got everybody in there. That was good. Everything's good. Everybody's here. No doubt about it. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. I, uh, Tevin came in and did the, uh, the last hour of the morning show this morning. Worked out really, really well. Oh, Great. Yeah, it was fun. My uh, radio re-debut, I guess. Re-debut? Yeah. Your re-debut. It's been, it's been a while right. since I've yeah, been on actual radio rather than podcasting. Oh, how did it feel? Did it feel old-timey? It felt great. I was very nervous because I was like, well, I don't want him to come in and be, or I don't want to come in and him be like, tell us something, Tevin. So I was like, I got to be prepared. I got to be prepared for at least one thing, but no, it was fun. Yeah, pal, oh, tell good. us something right now. I don't know what to tell you. So what's going on in the world? Anything? No, because I haven't been outside now in what is it, about five, six hours, but it's not snowing now, right? No. And it hasn't, nope. it snowed it hasn't a little a bit this morning, but that's it. Is it really windy? No, not windy at all. Because they're saying it's windy. I, it was windy on my way. Oh, I had, mm. there's zero wind. So going west to east, it's windy, but nor south to north, it's not, which makes sense. Yeah, I suppose. It's all coming from the west, so. So it'll be here just about the end of this show, and then the wind will pick up like there's no tomorrow. That's what I understand. Um... I like this story. I haven't seen this story yet. It just says Japan would like to know what this giant ball is. 
They're on the beach, and there's this. Uh, Japan would like to know what this giant ball is. No one has yet uh, ID'd the hollow metal orb that washed up on the beach in the city of Hamamatsu. Well, that's a little scary given yeah. World War yeah. II and all that stuff. You never I was going to say it sounds like gonna... an anime. Well, oh. you, you I, think an, an anime. Uh, I think a Saiyan is going to come out of there and start uh, battling Frieza. Says here is U.S. and Canadian officials are still scratching their heads over a series of mysterious objects that floated over North America earlier this month. A new mystery has cropped up across the Pacific, according to TV Ashi, uh, Asahi, excuse me. Uh, a woman taking a stroll Tuesday on the beach, located in the Japanese coastal city of Hamamatsu, stumbled upon a giant metal ball on the sand that appears to be made out of iron that officials are now struggling to identify. Described by the Guardian as an orangey-brown orb, what appeared to be darker uh, patches of rust. That boasts a diameter of five feet. Jesus. That's huge. That's a big sure it's ball. not a mine from the sea? Well, that's what I was kind of wondering. Yeah, Jesus. I'm looking at a picture of it. I don't know. It just it obviously has a top on it, and it's got a chain. So oh, it does? I don't know. It looks like kind of like an anchor to me. The ball, a ball anchor? Yeah, but I guess something like that wouldn't wash up because it right. would be Because somehow anchored. floated onto the beach. Jesus. Yeah, if it was floating, how could it be made of metal? Iron, yeah. Because you'd think it wouldn't float. The Telegraph has video of the ball set snugly into the sand just a few feet from the water's edge. Waves crashed nearby as multiple helmeted authorities hovered around it. Uh, Vice notes that officials blocked off an area with a 600-foot radius around the ball as they examined it, though these restrictions were lifted as they determined the ball isn't in danger of exploding, so that's good. There are two raised handles on it, leading uh, some to speculate that it may simply be a mooring buoy that broke loose and floated to shore. What's a mooring buoy? Oh, that's something that they, they, t they, they tie those down so that you can um, a, tie up a boat. Oh, out in, in the middle of the middle Oh, yeah, the it's water. definitely. I'm looking at pictures of Boring Buoy. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, it is? Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, mystery solved. Uh, that's I all we ever do on this show. Thing, but, yeah. We, all we ever do is solve mysteries on this show. You ever notice that? I mean, that thing is huge. There are two people looking at it, and it's as tall as one of the women looking at it. Uh, and on, honest to God, they have the question, spy balloon? No. Oh balloons are made out of iron. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's not going to float or in the air or in the ocean. Not likely. No. No. Uh, I don't think so. But, you know, what the hell. That is a strange works. thing to just break loose, though, and that's not a good thing to go have just floating around in the water because a boat could hit it. Mm, yeah, that's I would true. get damaged, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it doesn't float, but, you know, it's just the way that is. You know what's kind of alarming about all this stuff flying around in the sky and washing up Suddenly. on? It's like, why aren't people keeping track of their stuff? You know, it's like, who's in charge of the mooring buoys? Yeah, why right, right. aren't they, you know, checked once in a while to see if they're loose? I don't know. just yeah. seems like there's some negligence going on in the world. Negligence. Indeed. Uh, this from Newser this morning. Oldest generation warms to LGBTQ identification. Slight uptick among those born before 1946. As overall rate among U.S. adults hits 7.2%. Rate of what? Yeah, it was like rate, rate of what? Rate of what? <laughs> you know, the rate. The, the, the rate. Yes, the rate. 
The percentage of Americans who identify as LGBTQ has increased no. ever so slightly for a new record oh. high, but has ultimately oh. leveled off, according to uh, Gallup's 2022 poll of more than 10,000 adults. Some 7.2% of Americans identify as non-heterosexual for a 0.1% increase since 2021. They predominantly identify as bisexual, gay, and lesbian. What percentage was that again? Bisexual. With bisexual isn't a percentage. Oh, 7.2% total? Yeah, okay. Yeah. 58% of them are bisexual, 20% of them are gay, 13.4% lesbian, and 8.8% identify as transgender, and then so 5% as... What? I said, I'm so glad that's clearing all of those questions up. Mm -hmm. But what I, are the percentages <laughs> <yeah>. specifically? <laughs> just, really. But here's what I still don't understand. I have never understood. I guess maybe I'm not a real religious guy. It might have something. I don't know what the hell it is. Why would anyone care what you do with your stuff as long as you do, don't do anything illegal? Right. Yeah. Who that, cares? Because there, there was a soccer player recently that came out as gay, I believe. And okay. it was like this big story on ESPN. Yeah. Oh. And it was like just the fact that people still have to like come out. It's like yeah, nobody. It's like a big thing. The yeah. water's warm. Like nobody. Well, yeah, no one really cares. cares. Yeah. They like, just they just do cares. it so they get in the news cycle. Yeah. Well, that would be like me coming on this show and being like, I just want you to know that I'm straight. I know. It's and we support ridiculous. you. Guys. <laughs> yeah. And well, I don't know. I think it's because it's assumed that people are straight because yeah. the vast majority of people. Are straight. Well, but it's like, I mean, do I care you... if a soccer player is gay or not? What does that affect my life in any way? Right. And so I get why it. does it need to be announced? And I get it like back in the day when it was more like, yeah, whatever people were being, it was hate crimes going on and yeah. stuff like that were more prevalent. And obviously yeah. some of that yeah. stuff still exists today, yeah. but it's not as yep. big a deal. I think moreover, people are like, you're gay? Cool. Like, you want to go get brunch? Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, you must like once again, reminds me of a Simpsons uh, bit. <laughs> Every day. And this was from, I think, 20 years ago. Uh, Lisa was at a gay pride parade, and there was a float going down the street, and they were going, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. And mm -hmm. Lisa says, we are used to it. Nobody cares anymore. And the guy goes, spoil sport. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's all about. Nobody cares anymore, but they're acting and like well, people cares. There are that's people that thing. do care, but the people that do care are usually terrible human beings. Yeah, what are you going to do about that? Like, gay people can't yeah. get married. It soils the sanctity of marriage or whatever. It's like, shut up. Right. No, it, no, it soils it. Your sour attitude. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like your down. terrible like mood. It. See, do you think it's the fact that I got into voiceover and radio and all that stuff that I mean there's always been gay people around me because of that very thing that I do voiceover starting what 40 years ago or whatever it was mm -hmm. 45 years ago matter of fact my age you remember Scott don't you Scott Linder at Ka Catherine I do Scott Linder was my agent in New York I when I went to Don lot. Buckwald uh, and Scott was just a great guy <laughs> but uh, if you didn't know that Scott was gay then you didn't really pay attention because exactly. he used to bring it up about every 10 minutes. So I've always been around gay people in, the, like I said, the voiceover business or the radio business or whatever it is. So maybe I'm different know. to most people. No, I don't know. When I was working at Royal Business Machines in sure. high school, I, I, there Sounds were fun. gay guys that, that I was friends with. back. Nobody, I'd never cared. I don't know. 
I, I know. Just well, think that's it's good. Odd that it's still something that people mm. need to think well, about. Because there are still people that shout and scream about how sinful and terrible it is. Oh, are there? There are. Where are well, these but there's, people? There's people oh, there who hate everything. That's though. the thing. Yeah. That's, it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing with like abortion rights, all of those things. You know, there's always somebody that's going to be fanatical and screaming with a sign. Right. I mean, there's people out there who hate straight people. There's yeah, people who hate true. white people, who hate people who hate black people. You're not ever going to erase hate from the world. So yeah. just if the people that you're worried about have no power, then you're worried about nothing. See, I don't. Uh, there are about three people in the world I hate, and they're all former general managers. So anyway, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I I don't understand why you'd want to waste your time hating someone else. What has it got to do with your life, what somebody else does? Well, I think that a lot of people have a really hard time disconnecting other people's choices with their own. Like, I can even post something on Instagram about how I didn't like something or I'm just not a fan of whatever. You know, like, I would never drive a pickup truck because... That doesn't seem interesting to me. Right. And then people will be like, well, I drive a pickup truck. You must think I'm a horrible human being. I know. And it's stuff like, like that. What? And I'm like, no, this is your, <laughs> that's a different oh, yeah. choice because you're a different person. I don't care what you do. But it's like th- people just can't hear you made a different decision and that's mm-hmm. your life, not mine. I don't know. And I don't know why. Well, I don't know. I've been, my entire life, it's been. Do you like Sega Genesis or do you like Super Nintendo? If you like Super Nintendo, well, you're obviously just a dumb baby. If you like Xbox, then you worship Microsoft. People will tribalize over the dumbest little things. Right, like Coke versus Pepsi and stuff like that. Like there's everything. What the hell do I care what console you play on or what pop you drink? But for some people, that's all they have is they pick something, they define themselves over it, and then they just... You know, if you're not part of that team, then I hate yeah. you. Yeah, they're just sad it, people. Is that Jude? That is Daisy. Oh, no. Daisy. <laughs> One of the dogs. Daisy comes Jude is at doggy daycare today. Oh, oh so yes, we know okay. it's not him. Apparently there's not food out there, so Daisy's oh, yes, not allowed Oh, yes, the children are eating grilled cheese and french fries. Yeah, oh, you can. here comes oh, Daisy. You'll Batman. steal it. Here comes hey, I, Batman. I, I, hey, Bill. I, it came up with a new uh, threat for your children if, if they don't behave. Oh, a new threat. A Great. We love those. What? You say you think your life is hard? You could be working for the Packer Sanitation Services. What? And what? they'd be like, whatever, Nana. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Apparently, they've been putting children to work in meatpacking plants in Wisconsin and Minnesota. In Wisconsin and Minnesota? Gross. Yeah. Interesting. That's terrible. Most of the 102 child laborers were working at the JBS food plant. Have you ever heard of that? No, where's that? In Nebraska oh. and Minnesota and Cargill Incorporated plant in Dodge City, Kansas. Um, Cargill is... Not great. One of those. Mm-hmm. And Buckhead Meats of Minnesota. Yeah, these children between 13 and 17 were ha- were made to uh, clean very dangerous equipment at the meatpacking plants. How did these 13? How did these children end up in those positions? I don't know. That's why this Wisconsin—it's a Wisconsin-based company—paid <laughs> a million five fine for putting children to work in meatpacking plants. Why would you do that? I mean, come on. And it's been happening in Minnesota, and I would like to know if this was reported anywhere in Minnesota, because this is a national news site. Well, I mean, technically, 13-year-olds are allowed to work. They're just not allowed. 
they're 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 only allowed to work so many hours per week and only certain jobs. Yeah, and you can't. I don't know that you can do like taxed jobs. No, thirteen under sixteen. Is it sixteen? It's sixteen. Uh, say, it's when, yeah, because I remember lying about my age to get a job at fifteen because I wanted a job. I like cleaned stalls and stuff when I was thirteen and fourteen. Well, that was like, but that for was me for you. No, and <laughs> for the place that I rode horses at too. Oh yeah, well they don't care. But they just gave me cash. But I don't think you can have like a W two until you're sixteen. No, I think you're right about that. Because I started working when I was eleven as a janitor. Oh, here we go. Um, as low as fourteen, you can work in agricultural occupations, which a meat yeah. pack, packing plant, I assume, would be. Well, there you Is go. It, no, that's a factory. That's a lot. That's not like. Yeah, but I think it would be technically considered part of like the agricultural branch. Could, I don't really know. You think I so? assume so. It's agricultural related. The agriculture goes there. So right. At, what, be, at uh, what point does it stop becoming agriculture and start becoming something else? But yeah, uh, fourteen. You're not allowed to under fourteen. You're not allowed to work at all unless. The business that you work for is owned by your parents. I was going to say yeah. that's a family yeah, thing. You can work yeah, yeah, for yeah, your yeah. parents at any age. So mm -hmm. I could put Ethan to work right now if you I started this. Come on, Ethan. Clean this meat packing. <laughs> right. I think he would be a terrible, terrible employee. No, he would he be a really terrible employee. <laughs> well, if his job was just to push random buttons, then he could do or that. Or shake things. Yeah, grab shake things yeah. you're not supposed to. Shake he some would, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah under 14, no, non, or no work. Uh, 14 to 16, you can work in agricultural. <clears throat> and yeah, 16 a uh, to 18, it's, I think, anything that isn't hazardous. Yep. And well, then 18 plus, you can do whatever you want. You can be as hazardous yeah, so they've, as you like. They've blown it on all uh, on all counts with this company. Well, yeah, they said they great. they had hazardous chemicals, cleaning saws. Oh, no. Yeah. So oh, that would be yeah, illegal, yes. And what parents are like, yep. Get a job. Oh, I mean, these, these could be runaways. You don't know. True. Get get That's work. true. Meat processing equipment, including back saws, brisket saws, and head splitters. Head splitter. Head splitter. <laughs> oh. Hey. Split. These what? kids are going to grow up normal. What is? Why? The what? The meat, okay. The meat packing industry is not in a sexy uh, industry to work in. Why do you need to split heads? I don't know. Because you're the killing a cow, I guess. Here we go. Ooh. Let's see. <laughs> Devin's like, Alex is having an existential right. crisis. Okay. We're going to teach splitters. you how the sauce. Here we go. <laughs> I, am too, I don't want to know. know. No? no? It makes 300 either. cuts per hour, though. Well, why do you need to cut a head? I'm So, so like, you can remove the brain without damaging it. Oh, there you go. Uh, sure. I don't think you're allowed okay. to eat cattle brain. Yeah, that's isn't that like... Because of mad cow. Yeah. So, so why... I think it's so you can take the brain out and then sell the beef head. Why do you Why need, do the, you need brain? the head, Because, I mean, they're used, like, we utilize every piece of the animal for the most part. Uh, so it's, it's like there's, like, whatever, the dog treats or yeah, exactly. random uh, yeah, glue and stuff. Yeah. What is it that everybody's having now? And it's like, oh, it makes you youthful collagen. Collagen, yep. yes. Collagen is taken from, from cattle and pig bones. Yep. Yep. Can yep. be from fish, too. Yeah, there's marine collagen. Yeah, that's the kind I take. Uh, people on the chat speculate that these kids were probably not from America. Oh, mm. I think you're. Well, I it's like right. remember the egg. The egg people were the egg people. were basically enslaving kids. Yep, from what? different countries. Well, what's the thing? Yeah. It's egg if people. Who are the yeah. egg people? I don't. The egg people. Whichever in, I one. think it was Ohio. The egg people. It's like 
some egg people. <laughs> but yeah, okay, that clears it right <laughs> up. Yeah. One of the reasons big businesses lobby for reduced immigration law is so that they can have these kids come over from Mexico who think that two dollars an hour is a good rate, yeah, and pay them well below minimum wage illegally. Yeah. But yeah, it is functionally slave labor for the big corporations. God, amazing. Yep. Andy, let me know when Hannah's ready to go, okay? Hannah. Yeah, Marion. Uh, yes, I will. Okay. A labor it, company, Trillium it, Farms, that's the one, where these kids were forced to live in terrible conditions and they were physically threatened. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We yeah. have Hannah on the line. Magnificent, ladies and gentlemen. Hannah Fry, our very special guest. Good morning, Hannah, or good afternoon, good Hannah. Good morning. Depending on where you are. I guess it is afternoon out on the East Coast, but where are you right now, Hannah? I'm in New York. Oh, so it is. It's afternoon, so I should say good afternoon then. Well, yes. I mean, but I think I'm still on London time, so technically it's good evening. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Hannah will host a new new, uh, new uh, Bloomberg media series, The Future with Hannah Fry. The series premieres, uh, as a matter of fact, tonight, today, wow. with Bloomberg. We'll explore the breakthrough across themes such as artificial intelligence, crypto, climate, chemistry, and ethics. Okay, Hannah, are you going to terrify me with this entire half-hour interview? Because the things they're doing with AI are not, they're scary, I'm telling you. They are scary, but I, I mean, look, I think that there's room for optimism too here. I think it's, it's not all terrifying. I think that there's, there is a, a, a version of the future, a utopic version of the future, where actually, you know, a lot of the biggest problems that society is facing they are kind of scientific ones, right? Like climate change, access to water, access to food, you know, like all of these things are things where um, where artificial intelligence and technology can really make a big positive impact. Well, that's what we're looking for. A positive impact would be good. Can we, now Hannah, in this, in this area, in the, uh, you know, in the business in the area you're talking about, artificial intelligence, crypto, climate, chemistry, ethics, are you putting up with a lot of pushback from some people? Because it, it just seems to me, no matter what you're doing, if you're going to appear, be appearing publicly to do it, somebody gets upset, and it doesn't matter what it is. So are people getting upset about this? Oh, always. Come on. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> always. I knew it. But I've got a very, I, I think I, um, I, I lost the ability to get emotionally upset by uh, something that happens on the internet in about 2014. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're a smart me. person. You're very smart. Uh, that's absolutely true. As a multi-hyphenate Brit whose talent and areas of expertise run deep, Hannah is known for applying math principles to everyday life in ways that are relatable and relevant. 
I, that's interesting. I want to stop right there. Using, using math principles, that's something we've been talking about on this show now for about 10 years. Mm. You know, I'm sorry, but numbers always tell the truth, do they? Well, unless you're playing with them, but the raw numbers themselves tell the truth. I think it's a, math principles are a great way, applying math principles is a great way to understand what's going on. Um, do people have a lot of faith in it? They, they should, I would think. I mean, you're making some bold statements here that I don't know if I would necessarily agree with. Okay. Um, because I think that actually, I think it depends in what world you're playing around in. Right? Okay. If you are playing around in the very theoretical world of numbers, then then yeah, okay, two plus two does equal four. And you can twist it and you can turn it. But if you are, I mean, I'm adding just a slight little star, like a little asterisk here for uh, any actual mathematicians who are <laughs> who are watching and they're like, oh, it doesn't always in modern arithmetic. But generally speaking, right, generally speaking, two plus two equals four, doesn't matter what you do. But I think as soon as you start applying numbers to the real world, as soon as you start extracting numbers from how people are behaving, from what people are doing, then I think things to start to get a lot more shaky. Um, because I think, you know, ultimately, if you are measuring something, you are always, always, always going to be measuring a proxy for the thing that you actually care about rather than the thing itself. Oh. And I think you have to be careful about that. You know, it's interesting about that because, Hannah, um, I think the reason I have such an interest in it because I've been uh, doing radio since I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay attention to numbers doing radio, you got major problems. But the other thing you just said also applies because they've been fudging those numbers and moving those things around for I don't know how many years now, but it's... It didn't used to be that way, but people are moving numbers around a lot more than they used to, do you think? But I, but I think that it probably has always been this way. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe. If you got, if you got um, listening statistics, right, you know, wh whenever it was, mm -hmm. like, how, I mean, how much, like, how much do you think that that's actually really who's listening or isn't listening? You know, what if there are two people in a room or four people in a car at the same time? How do you count that, right? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we, we saw this, we saw this during the pandemic really, really clearly, where even numbers that you would think should be really easy to count, right? Like how many people died from COVID? It's so hard. It's so hard, right? Because what do you mean by died from COVID? Do you mean died with COVID? Sure. Or do you mean that COVID was the ultimate cause. Can you always tell? Should it be that if you have COVID, if you, if you, you know, if it's positive, if you're a positive COVID test, it counts towards the numbers or it doesn't. Do you mean within 28 days of a COVID test or 90 days of a COVID test? Or, you know, you don't want to be where you have COVID and then you get, you know, you're, you're fine and then you recover. And then a week later you, you get run over by a bus and that counts as a COVID death, right? So even something that feels as though it should be as tangible and easy to measure as number of people who died from COVID. It's a, like, it's a minefield once you get into it. And then I think if you're applying it to something like, you know, um, listening statistics on, on the radio, like it's so much harder, even harder. It doesn't mean that these numbers aren't the best possible way that we have of understanding these things because they are. But I think that you have to have the sort of intellectual humility about this stuff to be really aware that what you are handling is a, 
is a, a version of reality and it's not reality itself. And I think sometimes where the problems arise is when people just have a little bit too much arrogance, put a little bit too much store into what the numbers are, are telling us without realizing that it's it's one perspective, it's one way of looking at things. Well, I mean, there were things in throughout my career in the radio business. They found out, as a matter of fact, when they used to carry these little meters around, they still carry the meters, I guess. But when they first started carrying the meters around, they found people were listening to the radio 24 hours a day, so they never slept. And then what they found out was they were attaching their, their uh, little uh, device to a ceiling fan, so what was always moving. That's called cheating, isn't it, Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, never underestimate the ability to people to muck up your data for you. There's, there's one project actually in my um, in the lab where I'm at UCL. You know, I'm a, a, a tenured professor at UCL, and there's some work that some of my colleagues, a guy called Ed Manley and James Cheshire, were doing a few years ago, and they were looking at they were looking at Twitter data, right? So they were looking at where tweets had been posted across London, mm-hmm. and they took away everything that had been tweeted in English, and then they they color coded, they created these beautiful maps of everything that remained by the language that it had been tweeted in. And then this really clear pattern started to emerge. So there was like a very strong Arabic community in West London that's kind of well known about and established. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like lots of Russians in kind of the um, the posh bits of central London that's sort of known about too. But then there were these little pockets of French communities. And it was so strange because this data didn't show up on anything else. You know, you look at census data, you don't see these pockets. And so this is essentially people who are talking to each other in French, but who don't necessarily identify as French. It's a really strange phenomenon. So, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this is really great. Like, what an incredibly insightful study this can be. And then you look into it a little bit deeper and you realize that actually one of those French communities, certainly one of these really strong French communities, was actually just one guy who was tweeting in French <laughs> so much that it showed up on a map of a city. There right? you like, go. <laughs> that is so amazing. And now, Hannah, there's always been a problem. I don't want to get you too far off your message uh, and your point, but I just want to run this by you quickly because it's something I brought up many, many, many years ago. Uh, I'm saying, you know, these this new meter system... The only thing that kind of scares me about this is there's not anyone who makes um, a decent amount of money that's going to carry these things around. So basically, the only people going to get to carry it with the people that need the money that you're going to pay them to carry it. So in other words, you're selling a number uh, that these all of these people listen to this radio station. But all, if all of them have no money, what good does that do you? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I just think these kind of questions are, are where the really interesting stuff lies. You know, I think it's all very well and good, for example, getting excited about, I don't know, I mean, any kind of technology, right? Like driverless cars mm-hmm. or facial recognition. But I think it's when you start to think of the implications of it and the, the longer term downstream impact, as it were, the unintended consequences. Yes. That, I think, is where things start to get really interesting. And that actually is precisely on message because that's exactly what my show is about that's wonderful <laughs> so thank you for that segue i appreciate it well and it's, it's seriously it, it really bothered me quite a bit because i just uh, finished working on a morning show for 37 years i moved it over uh, moved my morning show over to digital now mm-hmm. because i just don't know that you can maybe you can but i when i look at the numbers for broadcast radio now they just don't look real to me and that's just me i'm not saying anybody's cheating or anything maybe they are maybe they aren't but I looked at the numbers like this can't be right. This is not working. Whereas on digital, 
uh, you don't have to rely on people carrying meters around with them and all the rest of it. The technology's already there. Mm. So, you know, I really like that. But there's so many other things, Hannah. Uh, you know, we're talking about artificial intelligence. Uh, you, you talk about crypto. How is crypto doing? I saw one day last week I checked the stock market, and the only stocks that were doing well were crypto stocks. Mm. That kind mm. of surprised me, Hannah. How does that happen? Well, it was at the very depths of despair at one point. So what, yes. what I actually what I really wanted to do for the show is I wanted to create my own cryptocurrency. I wanted to create the Frycoin and I wanted to see just how far I could get in um, in exploiting people. <laughs> well, doing it. Weirdly, weirdly enough, the Bloomberg lawyers wouldn't let me. Um, can't 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 think why not. <laughs> yeah, well, how, they wouldn't want you to try to cheat people out of money. What are you going to do? I was going to give it to charity. I was going to give it to charity. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have kept it for myself. <laughs> I understand, Anna. I understand completely. So uh, you're talking about artificial intelligence. You're talking about crypto. What about climate? How does climate get involved with what you're studying? Well, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, if it comes to talking about the future, I I think that climate change remains the biggest, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest thing on the horizon that we have to address. And I and I think that actually, in a lot of ways, there are. <sighs> Okay, maybe I'm using optimism as a coping strategy. It's quite possible that that's the case. But I do think that there are some really exciting things that are happening within science mm-hmm. where there is the, the the motivation and where there is the sort of the will to succeed and where there is the money, the funding to be able to, you know, drive the research. I think that there are some really in, interesting and exciting things that are potentially happening. And one of those areas is in nuclear fusion, so, okay, we've had nuclear fission for, for, for a long time. That's where you take a big atom and you split it apart and mm-hmm. it gives off energy. And fusion is the other way around. It's where you get two small atoms and you stick them together. But the amount of energy that it gives off is mind-boggling, right? So this is essentially what happens inside the sun. And what scientists have been trying to do for a really long time is to essentially create a star on Earth. And if you can do that, if you can manage to do that, you essentially have unlimited, basically free, clean energy for the world. And so suddenly all of the things that we can do, we can technically do them, but we just can't because it's expensive, like taking carbon out of the atmosphere. Suddenly, if you have fusion, you can do it, right? Because it's, you've got the unlimited clean energy. Mm-hmm. You do it now, it's just expensive and, and energy, energy hungry. Or like taking salt out of water, right? We know how to do it. It's just expensive and takes a lot of energy. But if you have unlimited clean energy, then, and you suddenly have unlimited supply of clean water, well then, I don't know, like this, why not turn the Sahara back into a rainforest, right? Like what, you know, what's the, the harm in doing that kind of stuff? Um, and I think that um, these technologies uh, the, the things that really have the potential to completely change the whole game, um, those are some of the things that I, I think are worth exploring. But then you go and meet the people who are doing this, right? And there is this there is this uh, place in, in the south of France where there is this giant, like, $22 billion project. It's kind of like a $22 billion science experiment in fusion. And it's this achingly large collaboration between all of these different countries and it is as slow as it is possible to move right the bureaucracy the red tape it is unreal how long this thing is taking and you go and you stand there in front of these giant machines that are, are trying to create this star on earth and you speak to the scientists 
And the expression of frustration and upset on their faces is so extraordinary to witness because they're standing there and they're saying, you know, they know that they are standing in front of the thing that will save humanity from itself. They know, like, to their core, they know that this is the answer and no one has been listening to them. No one has been been backing them and letting them go ahead and find all of the problems with it and work out a way to, 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 to make it work. And they're desperately worried that it will come too late. So that kind of on, on the one hand is like mm, a bit depressing. But then on the other hand, in California, you have people who've realized that if you can do this, if you can be the one who, who works and makes fusion work, if you can be the people that get there first, then forget about, you know, getting tenfold return on your investment or hundredfold return on your investment. You know, every dollar that you put into this, you could potentially get $100,000 in return, right? Or maybe mm -hmm. even more. Mm -hmm. Because if you can create fusion, I mean, it's, it's, Talk about a license to print money, my goodness me. And so the money that is going into California at the moment with these quick startups that are failing fast and innovating and turning over, it's just this very, very exciting space. And I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it gave me genuine cause for optimism. How much of the bureaucracy and the slowness behind the fusion movement do you think has to do with the fear of weaponization of fusion? Mm. So the thing is, I mean, certainly the, the weaponization of, of, of nuclear fission, the splitting of the mm -hmm. atom, that real concern. That's the atomic the bomb. Is, yeah, right. Like the, the nuclear bomb. Exactly. Pretty bad. Um, and it's definitely true that actually there's a lot of gatekeeping when it comes to nuclear energy in that form. Because, you know, uh, if you think about countries that, that haven't got that capability, you don't want everyone in the world to have the capability to have a nuclear bomb. Understandably, that's a position of a lot of people. Um, but with fusion, when you're putting two atoms together, you don't have this chain reaction that can potentially take place. Right. You are essentially, you know, if you if you leave, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of these kind of achingly large like uranium atoms together and you set off a chain reaction, it just goes faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and then explodes. Yeah, right? Super criticality. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? With fusion, if you've got these tiny things and you're sticking them together and you stop putting in enough energy for it to do that, it just kind of fizzles out and stops. So this doesn't come with the same safety implications. It doesn't come with the same hmm. weaponization implications. I mean, very bluntly, if fusion can work, then everybody wins. There is no reason why some countries should hold on to it and not give it to other countries. You know, there, it is... It, 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 it's not going to be a technology where you need to kind of keep it behind closed doors. Um, it's something that actually really could impact the entire world over. Is the big problem with all of this the money people could make by trying to avoid fusion? Yeah, There's a lot of people's um, jobs who would become obsolete yep. if fusion became a thing. A lot of people. You know how else their jobs will become obsolete, though? If the planet burns. Well, that's, well I mean, yeah, it's like, how, yeah. Many, uh, you know, yeah. how many Fletchers do you see employed these days? It's like, you know, technology is technology. There's nothing you can do. I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to do that. Hopefully they won't ring back. Go ahead. Sorry. No problem. Go ahead, Andy. Say that again. I was you know what? I'm going to have to answer it because they're not going to go away. No problem. All right, then. We can, we can hang out. Is that out. okay? It'll can be you back. cut it out? Yeah, it's not a problem at all. Not oh, a problem it's, at all. It's fine. We can carry on. It's fine. All right, Andy, go ahead. Okay. Basically, I was. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Anna, I yeah, love it. Let's take care of that.
She muted herself. Yeah, she'll take care of it and come back in a second. This is one brilliant young woman. Yeah. Holy God. Well, this is amazing because it, that was my first, as soon as she started talking, I was like, well, what about all the people that will use it for, you know, evil? Yeah, which they will to make money for themselves. But they if will. it really can't be, then there's no downside, right? I don't see the downside there. Yeah. Uh, well, but it's like Dad said, I mean... If fusion became a thing, anyone who worked in any existing power plant would be out of a job. Anyone who owned yep. all the infrastructure for those power plants would right. be out of, basically their money would become worthless overnight. That's right. And people like that are going to be, you know, trying to halt progress for their own benefit. Oh, they're doing yep. it. You're right. And that's, that always happens, though. Every time a new technology comes out, you know, I'm sure the typewriting or typewriter manufacturers were very against computers. But it's like, you know, we got to stop using typewriters at some point. Typewriters kind of suck. I think yeah. the key difference, or, or I think the key thing that has changed, and I really think this has only happened in maybe the last 18 months or two years, I think the big thing that has switched is that it used to be that the environmentally friendly thing, inverted commas, right, was the expensive thing to do. It was the thing that like, okay, fine, I know we've got to do it. But I think now that actually there's enough momentum behind this stuff, I think that actually whatever argument you make as an oil company, you know, if you can make a 100,000x return on fusion, you know, you're like, you're, you're just, it's a much better money bet, right? And I think that we're seeing this over and over again as the cost of renewables has come down, as, um, you know, as markets are becoming increasingly conscious of this stuff. I think that actually we're now in a situation where you don't have to choose between uh, what makes good business sense and what makes good climate sense. I think that those two things have suddenly switched to a line. I wish, you know, when you, when you watch the news, I only watch the local news. The national news has gotten too mean to me. Too mm -hmm. much going after each other and hatred for one another, and it's just, like, it's impossible to watch. I, I just w wish we'd get the message out here. Hey, look, this is a possibility. Why don't we all get together, shoulder to shoulder, work on this, clean up the planet. There'll be plenty of jobs available. Maybe not what you're doing now. Well, again, I left radio to start doing digital. So I left what I was doing for, for 50 years and moved over to digital because it was time to do that, right? Yeah, but then it's much harder to make a decision as a collective. <laughs> like, I think of all the ways that we're yeah. like, polarized and forth. I mean, I agree with you. There's this great book, by the way. I don't know if you've come across it. It's called um, Who Moved My Cheese, right? <laughs> right. And essentially, it's like a parable about two mice in a maze trying to find cheese mm -hmm. and um, and just doing the same thing over and over and over again and, and not realizing that the world has moved around them. The world has changed yep. and that you just can't carry on doing the same thing. Well, we've seen that um, many times. It's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, but th uh, this is it. Like, you know, you think about the companies that that just didn't like Skype, for example. Right. Like Skype. My goodness me. Skype was in such a good position at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm not really sure what happened, why they didn't. You know, why why now everyone uses Zoom. Right. But, but you know, ultimately, they just weren't quick enough to, to pivot. Yeah. Blockbuster as well as another really good example. I mean. The, the idea that you could have gone back to the 90s and said that Blockbuster would just disappear and another company, you know, Netflix would be completely dominant. It just, it, it, the wildest mm. idea. But I do think that it's, and that's, I think, what I mean about how this switch has happened. I think that, that what has changed is that 
I think that the world has realized that we are only going in one direction now, right? Like that there is a very limited lifespan on which we can continue as we are. And so the people who move over first, I think that they're the ones that stand to benefit the most. And it's going to be the sort of late adopters that, the, the, you know, they're clinging onto the cheese and the maize. Right. I think that like that's the sort of situation that we find ourselves in now. Do you think we have what is there eight and a half people, eight and a half billion people on, on uh, the planet now? About that. Thanks, yeah, buddy. It passed eight billion a few weeks ago, didn't it? Yeah, eight billion a few weeks ago. And uh, I didn't say this, Hannah, so don't get mad at me. It was a, a brilliant friend of mine that did say it. And I said, so what do you think? We, we, we've gotten over 8 billion people, quickly on our way to 8.5 billion people. Mm. What's the problem there? And this is a brilliant doctor said to me, I won't identify him. And again, remember, I didn't say this. I'm remembering. <laughs> he said, the problem with that is there are 8 billion people and 7 billion of them aren't very smart. Woo! <laughs> What do you think of that, Hannah? Uh, well, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, I I have thoughts. Um, thought number one is how are you defining smart? Well, yes. Intelligence I, yeah. is a relative thing. It, it is, uh, yeah. It's not even just relative. I think that it is... Um, I think that we, you know, like what we were saying earlier about like numbers being a proxy, you know, I think that we've come up with this idea of like IQ or performing well on tests or you know that kind of stuff and we've suddenly become completely obsessed with it as though it's the only form of intelligence that matters right, right? i have a um you know uh, like uh, there's a member of my family who would not perform very well on any of those tests at all and yet is the most i mean i would go to her in a heartbeat over so many different things above anybody else because i know that she has warmth and charisma and and compassion in a way that some of the smartest people I've ever met like just don't. Right. I, you know, and I think that actually, you know, I, I I do actually spend quite a lot of time thinking about this because I think in part because um, I you know I'm a like woman in math, right? And like believe me when I tell you there are not very many women in math. Yeah. And so I've spent a lot of my life being in a space where I didn't feel like I was invited and I didn't feel like I belonged. And I think that actually what's happened as I've grown up is I've realized, like, I don't need to wait for somebody's permission to tell me that I can talk about math as though I, I you know, I am an authority on it. Like, I don't need to. Nobody owns this subject. Right. Like, it's as much mine as it is anybody else's. And I kind of think the same thing about the world. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your IQ is. You own our future just as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And nobody, nobody on this planet has more of a right to a say of what happens next than anybody else. I think that we are all born with that equal right to decide our future. Um, and so I don't really think that intelligence is kind of relevant um, or yeah. interesting. And actually, I think some of the darkest things that have shaped humanity in, in a negative way have been performed by people who are in every traditional sense of the word intelligent. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you're, um, I think I need to take your doctor friend out for dinner and, and um, shout them down. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just watch? I don't have to sit at the table. I'll just watch both of you. That'd be great. Uh, Hannah, do you have a hard out at 11.50 uh, Central Time? Do you, you, you have to get going? It's uh, it's hard-ish, yeah. I think okay. uh, sometimes I'm, yeah. 
All right. Well, basically, (laughs) that means you have to come back very, very soon because there's much, much more to talk about. Should we have gotten to eight billion people before we figured this out? There are lots of things, a lot of questions I still have for you, Anna. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could talk about this. I have a lot of opinions. (laughs) All right, Hannah, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hannah Fry, ladies and gentlemen, will host a new Bloomberg media series, The Future with Hannah Fry. Series premieres tonight, as a matter of fact, with Bloomberg. Or I don't know if it's tonight or if it started at 2 o'clock this morning on streaming. So we'll just say today is the day that it starts. Uh, It'll explore the breakthroughs across uh, themes such as artificial intelligence, crypto, climate, chemistry, and ethics. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant that is one smart human being right there weren't you impressed with her well, I'm I'm canceling those solar panels. <laughs> You're canceling, yeah. Well, you may as well yeah. cancel solar. Pro- I'm going to invest in nuclear fission. Well, yeah, fusion, fusion, fusion. Fusion. Well, fusion. Fission is actually that's an interesting point. Is we have had fission for a very long time, and fission could pretty easily solve most of the world's energy problems. Right. But no one wants to do it because they've been conditioned to be afraid of it, thanks to things like Chernobyl and Three Mile Island. Well, yeah. yeah. Isn't yep. isn't nuclear power? Nu- yeah. Yes, that's, that's what fission. It is. Yeah, that's fission, and it's actually very efficient and it's clean. It's extremely high energy. Yeah, you could power half the country with just a handful of nuclear power plants. But you've got that toxic waste problem. Well, yeah, there's a few problems with it. The main one, I think, is that nuclear material is it's really not that dangerous if you handle it properly. And the problem is. 
What a lot of people don't know about the atomic bomb is that they think that they're like very difficult to produce. It's like, okay, so you got the materials, but now you need this like super complex formula and you need very complex equipment just to assemble it. But really the hard part about making an atomic bomb is just getting the materials to put in it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have uranium, you can pretty easily make plutonium, and plutonium is what goes into an atomic bomb. So, you know, you give the wrong person just a yeah. little bit of uranium, they now have the ability to create an atomic bomb, and we don't really want that. So right. nuclear material is uh, it's tracked and monitored to such a degree that it kind of makes the whole nuclear power thing really difficult. Like, there are, people don't know, there are radiation sensors in basically every major city. So if you carry a radioactive material around, they're going to know about it, and then they're, they're going to come right after you. Because they're that well, worried good. about radioactive material. Yeah, it is a good thing. But it also means you can't just be like, you know, oh, I'm out of uranium. i got to, you know, go over to the uranium store. That's not really right. a thing. No, that's very But with true. fusion, it would be, because fusion is hydrogen isotopes. And pretty much anyone can make those as long as they have the right equipment. And what, what's the right I'm equipment? I'm making some right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got some in the go. oven as we yes. speak. <laughs> low and slow when you're making your <laughs> I use my air fryer for that. Your air it's fryer. It's much faster. And it comes out crispy. I just that's put, puts me in such a great mood to have such an intelligent uh, person on the air. That woman, Hannah, was a very, very bright person. I and, take that yeah. personally. Um, She's here every yeah. time. Finally, I'm not talking about what yeah. she was talking They're about. Rude. Right. Because when you brought things up, she didn't go, oh, no, you're wrong. She'd go, well, I, I do, my opinion differs from yours in a couple of ways. She's a very, very, yeah. very smart woman. Yeah, she was, I love the fact that she was, you could tell she was genuinely passionate about what she was educated about and wanted to talk mm -hmm. about and wants yep. to see it used for good. And like, mm -hmm. it was refreshing to hear her be able to. I agree. Not yeah, want to if take someone, over the world. Right. If someone just immediately starts saying, you know, you're wrong and I disagree and doesn't really expound upon why, that is a sure sign that they know a little bit about what they're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. not a lot. Because they think it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. It basically says that if you know a little bit about something, then you're going to have a very high sense of, you know, like I'm a genius. Right. But if you know a lot about something, you're going to think that you don't know anything. Well, I yep. Suppose, yeah. The What's old the saying, a little knowledge is a dangerous exactly. thing. Exactly. That's what the Dunning-Kruger yep. effect. And that's mm -hmm. why so many people on so many topics, you talk to them, and if you give them any pushback at all or you prove them wrong in even the most minor way, they just freak out. Because they don't. Act, it makes them realize they don't actually know as much as they think that they know. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite m memes on uh, the internet was this guy's typing. He's like, "I'm done being an expert on an expert on COVID. I'm now an expert on climate yep, change." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> People watch a 10-minute news broadcast good. and they're like, "Oh, well, I know everything." That's why college students are so annoying. Yes. They've taken a 101 class about something. They yeah. take philosophy 101, and now all of a sudden they're experts on human behavior. Right. Or like, That's very like true. watching a documentary. Yep. A yeah. documentary. Oh, a documentary yep. And they're like, I knew all there is yep, to know exactly. about this specific thing. When you talk to an actual expert, they're often somewhat humble about it because even in a pretty simple subjects, 
there's more knowledge than any human could ever fit in their brain. Yeah. And the more you learn, the more you realize that there is that you still have to learn. Right. So it's like, you know, you hit this precipice where you're like, I'm never going to know everything. Yeah. And, know. you know, that's, that's okay because we, I can't and no one can. Yeah. With age comes wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. Most you realize that you don't know everything. When you're young, you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the fact that everything. in movies, the idea of a genius who knows literally everything about their subject is so prevalent actually is, it makes that, it makes people think that if you are a genius or if you're like you know, a master of a subject then that means you know everything yeah because that's what it's like you know whenever you watch a movie about like a scientist like a genius scientist who invents this new crazy thing like we're watching marvel movies lately which i have never watched marvel movies in my life but yeah we're just like hey why not mm-hmm. pretty much every one of them has some scientist who's like oh i'm the master of this field and i just invented a way to you know cross dimensions or whatever yeah and in reality, it's really nothing like that. I would Any that. scientific <laughs> achievement requires, like, a team of tens or hundreds of scientists all... To actually figure out right. anything. Yeah, all like, doing a yeah. little bit of their part. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, some this guy just comes guy. along and he's like, well, I've invented fusion. So you know, here it is. But people think that that's how it works. They think that we're just waiting for the mr fusion man to come around and show us how to do it mr fusion mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like a fun job right mr fusion mr. well and the thing about science too is it ch- like changes so much it sure does even data hard data changes all the right. time mm-hmm. and like with documentaries you can find a documentary to prove any point yeah absolutely right. salmon will kill mm-hmm. you if mm-hmm. you eat it, salmon's the best food you could right. possibly eat. And you can find a documentary that's two hours long that can prove both points. Yep. yep. With all the data in the world. If you have enough like, data, yeah. you can manipulate it so it says what you want. Yeah, exactly. No matter what you want it to say, you yep. can manipulate it. Mm-hmm. So it's like documentaries are pretty much like, oh, I found this point I want to prove. So I've right. just found what will prove it. Yep, exactly. Well, and scientists... Have been known to be wrong about things too. It's not just because you're a scientist, you know everything, and everything's going yeah. to be right. Well, I mean, go back even just 200 years. Is there like any science 200 years old that we're still applying to day to day life these days? Newton's not laws. a whole no, lot. Say, yeah, maybe Newton's, Newton's laws. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we got like, yeah, the gravitational constant yes. and that sort of thing. <laughs> Basics. But yeah, scientists gets replaced, or science gets replaced every like 100, 150 years. Right. Yeah. As you get more data points mm-hmm. in, you, mm-hmm. everything is going to change. And it's like. Well, when I was a kid, our understanding of the atom was that, you know, you've got a nucleus and then you got electrons kind of like spiraling around it mm-hmm. in a circle. But then 10 years later, they're like, oh, well, actually, no, it's an electron cloud. And that's, yeah, you know, how it goes. Type thing. And then 10 years later, they're like, oh, well, actually, we just discovered quarks that are, you know, they make up. So electrons yeah. aren't the smallest mm-hmm. thing. Now it's actually made out of quarks and they work like this. And in 20 years, they're probably going to say, oh, actually, quarks aren't the smallest thing. Yeah. So it's like there's really no point in assuming that you know everything or really anything about it how is- the world works. Does anyone else get stressed out by thinking about like atoms and just how much is going on everywhere? There's just so much happening all of the time. Yes, there is. Everywhere. 
I don't get stressed out about it, yeah, but it not feels like overwhelming. Sleep. Well, I, mean, I know what you mean. It's like you look okay. at, you know, thank like you, Andy. you look at. No, that, thank you, Tevin. You look at that <laughs> box of Kleenex on the table there, and it looks like it's just it's sitting yeah, there doing nothing. But no, there's like. But actually, there's trillions and trillions yes. of atoms flying around and spinning and doing all sorts of crazy crap. Yeah, it's like that's I can so feel dusty. it. I can feel it. Exactly. <laughs> Feeling the vibrational I'm universal. I'm like the canary whatever. in the coal mine oh, no. thing. I feel oh, all these no. things. Uh-oh. <laughs> wow. It's joyous screeching. Just Dad, oh, that's joyous? That's okay. good. Yeah, Dad yep. left. That's, oh. Ethan's, that's Ethan's happy sound right yes. now. He's with Fawn, so we know he's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so I hate to change the subject. No. But on my drive in here, I heard a very unique stat. So there was a man that went to Disneyland. That's in Florida, or no? World is in Florida. So land in California. California. Yep. Yeah. He set the world record for the most consecutive days for going to Disneyland. How many days? Uh, How many days do you think he went in a row? Consecutive days. Cons- a world record? Yes. Day. Well, it can't uh, be too many because they closed for COVID. And so it that can't is be like a thousand. And that is what stopped his streak. So his streak oh, started before pre-COVID. <sighs> okay. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a year is 365 days. I'll say this. Days. His goal was 3,000 consecutive days. Okay. I would see, I'm feeling like, like 1,500 or something like that. Two thousand nine hundred and ninety-five. I was gonna say right days. around three thousand. Oh, he got to twenty-nine ninety-five up. But well, then COVID, COVID closed hit, it. so he okay, stopped five days. He had to okay. stop yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, what not. kind of life does somebody Wild. have where they can go to Disney World? He must work and how at does Disney he afford? World. <laughs> right. <I'm laughs> how does he afford to go to Disney World? I'm assuming World he had season times. passes, and then he was like yeah. quoted as saying like there were some days where he was just like sprinting there to get there before like the gate closed, so he could just say he made it. So did he? Were there stipulations of like he had to ride a ride, or he just had to. No, he go just wanted to be gates. in the gate in, oh, okay. inside. Oh, that's kind of like. But still, yeah. three thousand days of damn near. That, that's I don't care if you just show up and leave right he, away. Yeah, that's, that's dedication. Right next yeah. door. That's dedication. Yeah, that is dedication. Wild. Uh, yeah, and it would be interesting to know the, like, how much time he actually spent on an average day, or if he just kind of showed up and was like. Okay, there I am. Right. Bye. Or if he actually went and did things. Yeah. Either. You know? huh. I remember chatting with an elderly couple one time when we were sitting at a bench waiting for something. I don't I remember, remember what it was. We, in were, Disney we were at World. the entry. We were walking into Disney. We were waiting yeah, in line. And this couple said that they come to Disney World as often as they can, sometimes every single day. Like because they had sure, a pass. For sure every They had a pass. Yep. And they just, they don't a lot of times even go on the rides. They just want to people watch and just be there. That's so weird. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we'll get yeah. an ice cream and we'll just sit. I can get an ice cream anywhere. I would <laughs> I would do that 100% if I lived near Did Disney you know World that and there's I were an old a, person. Incredible. What? There's a development in, in around, yep. right, right by Disneyland, I mean, sorry, World, where the development is owned and uh, on the property. And you can go to Disney World. They've got like VIP yep. service, and all the houses are like four or five million dollars. Oh, I was going to say I know where I'm retiring, but then that just that yeah. priced me out. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, yeah, and I guess that development has been there a really long time, and mm-hmm. it just whisks you right in, and you get all this VIP stuff. Eighty yeah. acres. They call it affordable housing. 
What? I doubt that. We need to change the name of the development. Mm -hmm. Relatively affordable housing relative to the rest of Disney World. Yeah, because yeah, I remember there was a van and all these people were getting out of this van and it was it was Golden Oaks or something like that, maybe? Golden Oaks. And I remember thinking, well, that sounds like a retirement sure community. Yeah. But it was a bunch of but it was a bunch of teenage girls coming off the van, and I was like, Golden Oak. Yeah, you're right. Golden Oak. DisneyGoldenOak.com. Oh a new hey, community oh. of luxury, custom, single-family homes in Walt Disney World Resort. Yeah, and huh. it comes with some sort of free membership. Yeah, what's the, what's free. the average price of a house? Available homes. I wonder if you can find If you them. want to buy a house online. Oh, uh, okay. At Golden Oaks. Uh, there called? are two available homes. Sweet. You can get the Via Firenze. That's the affordable one. Ooh. Okay. Uh, oh. 5,000 square feet, six beds, six baths. A single family, size? single family yeah, home, you said? Uh, How big is your family? And it's only $6 million. Okay. Okay. But oh, if you want to be fancy, out. you can get the Berkeley. What do we do? What are we? That's ninety five hundred square feet. Also six beds, six baths. <laughs> somehow ninety five hundred wow. square feet. Yep. For what? Uh, and it's only ten million dollars. Oh, okay. Only ten million. Yeah, we're buying a. We're buying a, an affordable single family home <laughs> in, in Golden Disney Oak. World. In yeah. Disney World. Yeah. It doesn't really say affordable. No, the Golden Oak okay. is a different thing. The affordable one is a new one that they're going to build, 1,300 units. How I think that's in Disneyland. It? Oh, I'm No, it says that. Central Florida. Oh. Oh. Where? What? What's affordable? I'm trying to figure out if <laughs> What's they have. affordable? What do these people think is yeah. affordable? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. This was April 6, $4 2022, million. so they've got to be getting something done, you would think. And it, Potentially. It, it does it give you all that VIP stuff like Golden Oaks? I want Golden Oaks service at mobile home prices. <laughs> right. mm, that might be a pretty big ask. Yeah, yeah I guess it would it's be. not how that works. No. Typically. Never does. If only. <laughs> did, did Dad join us? He's I'm back. back. Yeah, He's I'm, back. Just, I'm just waiting. You, you guys are battling it out, so I just thought I'd wait it out with you. Battling. No, we were talking about this development that's on Disney World property property it's a development called golden oaks golden oak, oak. So there's just one oak just yeah. the one tree there it is yeah there's no uh there's no information on yet. the affordable housing what's the affordable the, one called i don't think it even has a name yet oh they're just they're workshopping still? yes okay 80 acres 1300 units okay right. well so we'll see how that goes there's hope for me yet mm-hmm hope for you yet i'm gonna retire to uh right next door to disney world home oh you are and then i'm just gonna sit at disney world and eat ice cream and watch people and go on a oh, ride every that. now and then it sounds <laughs> an incredible way to what's it called the oh my gosh Drift i can't think the <laughs> sunset. into sunset yeah. no to die. third act isn't that third your third act? Final act? I guess, yeah. Third act? Final yeah. act? I don't know. <laughs> Tevin's really Final morbid act. about... Well, you're like, if you're retiring, like, I don't know. Yeah, oh, I, I think mean, it's they call, it, I mean, they call it your third act, I think. Third act. I mean, that's like the... There are three acts in a play, so it's basically the okay. same thing as saying final sense. act. So. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody well, just... final just sounds a little, mm -hmm. yeah. a little sad. But yeah, golden years. There we go. We'll go with that, Mom. The golden okay. years at the Golden Oak? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, except for I'd be at the... You'd be at the affordable oak. Affordable. Why do you need a 9,000 square foot house? <laughs> the, the, the I really oak. don't know what you would... How would you even use 10,000 square feet? What are you guys talking know. about? That's how big this the house is. House, if you 10, were here. Well, I know, but there was a house that they knew about that was about 
nine, ten thousand square feet, and they figured out what to do with that one. What are you talking about? You guys grew up in a ten thousand square no, foot home? No, we did not. Not no. even close. Not even close. What? Ten thousand? There's how no way. How big do you think the house in Golden Valley was? I can tell you how many square feet it is right now. Uh, yeah, looking up on Zillow. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. but do they count everything? No, the house out in Dayton was, was a finished wasn't. basement. The house in Dayton was maybe four. Yeah, exactly. It was plenty yeah, that's big. about right. I've completely forgotten the address. 35 or 4. 1405. I don't. Okay, there we go. Okay, yeah, just don't I say the rest of it. I forget my own zip code sometimes. <laughs> so I've done that before. Do. I'm like, is it an 8 or a yeah. 6? It's 1. I was at the those. pharmacy the other day picking up a prescription. And when you pick, pick up a prescription, you have to put in your zip code for some reason. And I'm like, 55. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's a number on there. That's nice. Mm-hmm. 7200. Not a chance. Yes, it, yes, yes, that's what it was. Yeah, it was eighty-five not, minimum. It's, I never wanted well, to have a house that big. I'm gross. I don't even want a house bigger than my house right now. No, I'm I like, think that's too true. much Being crap. No, thank it's you. It's a lot of cleaning. Ugh. Mm-hmm. A lot of maintenance. Track of. I love no, thank it. you. Oh, yeah. I love around that whole house. Yeah, like, exhausting. You know, it's like it was definitely a nice house to be a teenager yes. in, and you know, yeah. early twenties. But I wouldn't want to own it. I don't think. Yeah, no, I wouldn't so want much to have to take And God, care when those windows it. need to be replaced, oh, okay. it's going to be like three million dollars. <laughs> your dad flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah those, replacing those windows is going to be really expensive. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of windows. Windows are so expensive. Were you they ever in now. that house? I was not, no. Okay. You were never in our I think house you guys, there? No, you moved, because that's where you used to do the show in the basement? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think you had just moved to the studio above Acme before. Okay, yeah. Oh, I yes, thought, I think you're right. I thought yeah. I'm sorry. Our house didn't have a basement. It had a lower level. <laughs> it was a walkout, so it's not it's a basement. very bougie. Yeah. You know, it's so funny about that. And I, talk, I think people understand this, talking about living in a big house. It was a dream I had as a kid, so we lived in a big house on an island. It was very nice. But now, and Catherine, I have that same take on it, where we live now is a twin home. And being in that house is like being in the nicest hotel suite mm-hmm. I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, what it feels like. Don't get me wrong. Like. If I had, like, a robot butler... I would want to live in a mansion. <laughs> right. True. A robot butler. Like the Jetsons. Exactly. What's her face? If Rosie from Rosie. the Jetsons yes. it was, Rosie. was just right. going around dusting everything yes. with a feather duster 24 hours a day, Incredible. then Love I'd it. live in a mansion. You'd have no dust. Nope. No dust ever. <laughs> Be great. Although, uh. I don't know. It's like we have a not that huge house. It's pretty big, but it's not enormous. Yeah. And we have some rooms that it's like, what are we going to do with these rooms? And it feels like a waste. Yeah. It's like I feel bad oh. for the room. Wait until you have to store all of the things for oh, your kids. Well, we have and... crap everywhere. <laughs> but I mean, we the crap, crap room everywhere. isn't exactly a good nice. crap use room. of space. This is the crap nice. room. We yeah. use all crap of the rooms everywhere. in our house. We didn't use the lower level. You barely um, used it until you had kids. Until we had kids. Yep. And then now, and Dan works in the bedroom that's mm-hmm. down there because we never use that bedroom. Yep. We just kind of, there was a bed in there for if somebody stayed with us that's what we have yeah but yeah now it's dan's office yep we turned ours into an exercise room there you go our exercise room is kind of just like the out in the middle of everything it's out in the middle of everything Mm -hmm. well we used to have a giant super 80s bar situation with like oak and brushed brass i remember so many cupboards taking up a huge corner Storage and space. so Dan ripped it all up, and now it's our, where a treadmill and our Peloton yep. live. 
and it's great. We used to have ours out in the big room, but I mean, with a kid like Ethan's age, yeah, it's know. not. Yeah, we moved the treadmill out there during COVID. So Sage was like two. Yeah. So I don't know. And we are back with stretches picks. Who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. You know, you think about that. Because Andy was born when we lived in uh, New Hope. Yeah, I, you moved into Dayton New when Hope. I was two. It was Maple Grove. Maple Grove. But Maple yes. Grove, yeah. It wasn't New, New Hope. Hope. It was Maple Grove. I was like, uh, this is the <laughs> first time in New Hope. of you living in Maple New Grove. Hope. That's because we never did live in New Hope. <laughs> Maple Grove. But it's not Tomato, me. tomato. <laughs> what? I don't New know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, clearly. What? Was it New Hope? It was. <laughs> very clear. Maple Grove. And we moved out of there when you were, what, two, Andy? Two, yeah. Because right Alex before was Alex born, was born. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Alex was born when we moved on onto the farm. Yep. Yep. So basically, you guys, the, the life you remember would be the farm, Golden Valley, and where we live now. Yeah. Well, yeah. since I wasn't in New Hope with you. Well, the you, old, you never went we to New Hope. We're never, none of us ever will remember <laughs> no, when nobody you Nobody will have memories of New Hope. <laughs> well, that's true. The Dayton house is still by far the longest house I've ever lived in. 18 years. Oh, 18 years. Yeah. Yeah, uh, most of my dreams Mine too, take yeah. place in Dayton. I just had yeah, one the other day. Golden really? Valley, we yeah. lived there for 16 years. I know, but we? I think it's like you're, when I, your brain's developing yeah. and all the things, yeah, yeah, if yeah, you live true. someplace well, for like, so long. Neither of us lived in Golden Valley for 16 years. No. We lived there for like two. Th- yeah, three, two. maybe. Yeah. Because we, I moved to college. Yeah, we moved I was out. a junior yeah, in was high 2008, school. Wasn't it? I was a junior in high school when we moved in there. Mm-hmm. It was 2006. Yeah. It had we... just turned to 2006. What? Yeah. Yep. We moved out pretty thought, much right I away. We moved in there in 2004. No, oh. we moved there in 2000, like January of 2006. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was late 05, but same thing. Because I drove to Rogers for the second half of my junior mm-hmm. year. I do remember that. Yep. Yeah. So it's, and then I changed yeah. schools. Neither of us have lived in a place for even close to 18 years. Yeah. Since my then. house, I'm almost yeah. at 10. 10. Yeah. Can we still got nine. To, you're halfway that? there. What if, is happening? I wonder if once you hit 19, you're going to start dreaming about your house. I'll start dreaming about my it's, home. Because it's your new house, I I'm guess. I'm not moving out of that thing until I get to Disney. So I'll be there for a <laughs> until while. Until you're 80? What do you mean until you get to Disney? Until so your house. I retire at Disney the... World. Oh, you're going to yeah. retire at Disney World, are you? This is my new life plan. Be Hopefully so well. Dan's on board. If I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, Sarah's around. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about this because... That last puke that was running Disney, they got rid of him, thank God. Chopek? Chape? Yeah, Chopek, I think it was. Chopstick? No idea. He got so woke, and everything was so woke over there. Well, they got rid of him. Yes, they did. Now it's Bob Iger again. God. Pretty quick. He was great to work for. Why don't they just thaw out Walt Disney? Yeah, Yeah, have him run it again. Get his head fired up in the... Exactly. In the Put him in one of those Futurama jars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just... God, I can't believe that. that we, I thought we moved there in 2004. No, 2006. <clears throat> 2006 we moved there. You started building it probably in 2004. Yeah, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. I think I was, yeah, about 15. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I remember we had the first Father's Day there. Uh, I think that was 2004. In the unfinished kitchen? 2005 yep. in the unfinished kitchen, yep. yeah. Folding table. I remember that. That was 2005 I just ate mashed then. potatoes. Must have been. 
Uh oh, somebody's phone's ringing. I wonder who. Mom's gone. She appears to have left. Yep. Why did she leave? Great question. Know. Everybody's leaving. Who's next? Should I go? Why is mom? Why did mom leave? We only have ten minutes left to do. I don't know. Maybe she had to sneeze. Maybe. <sighs> what a disaster. What a disaster. She's a, your mother's a disaster. Did I ever tell you that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Repeatedly. What? Nope, she's back. Hey, <laughs> I knew I could get her to come back. We thought you abandoned us. Yeah, we were so. Uh, sad. I just uh, I've got a lot of moving parts today. Oh, you got people moving stuff or mo- actual moving parts? One eight hundred got junk came over, and guess how much they charged me to get rid of a large Let's, area rug it's, and it's a insane. TV stand. It's re- three hundred bucks, four hundred ninety nine, and the chair too. No, because we still have to have that till the other chair comes in from the supply chain. So, wait, you oh. got rid of your brand new couch again? No, no. the little chair, the big. I'm not getting rid of any seat thing in Dad's office. Oh, she's redoing oh. my office. Andy. Yeah, she that got thing a new from rug. the first house yeah. in Florida that yeah. we've the been carrying around. The 400-year-old chair. She got yes. a new rug and a new chair. Why didn't you tell us? We would have taken it. No, gonna ship it up. to yep. Minnesota. <laughs> ship it all the way up. You I need love to that cool chair. it on used furniture, Andy. <laughs> it's a cheap way to live. We I... can move it up here and put it out there because I want a couch and a, and a chair out okay, there. Well, we were maybe actually going to talk to you about that. Maybe get one that isn't 20 years old. Why not? Because gross. Go to My Goodwill. God, the right. rug that I got rid of, which uh, Dad was saying, do not get rid of the rug. Do not get rid of the rug. I love the rug. I'm like, the rug is going. It is 22 she years old. 22 she showed me a going. picture of it. It was. I rolled disgusting. it up, and I was like, okay, did someone pee all over it a thousand times? <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Why do we have that. this rug in here? There's nothing you can do about it. Rugs just yeah, rugs. gross. Right. Rugs disgusting. Are gross. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and no then spills. when I was rolling it up, there was this uh, fine, weird. There were many spills in that rug. <laughs> the yeah. Whole underside is brown. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And there was some mean? sort of fine powder coming from the rug. Oh, it's probably nothing what? but dust mites. I don't know. I was just like, it's got to go. I think that's what the backing of the grading. Just a grading. Yeah. Yeah. But it was $286 to haul two things away. Oh, yeah. my God. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sure I couldn't is. believe it. Well, yeah. we, when we uh, redid the basement in Crystal, we basically. So think about like an average sized basement. You know, it was like I don't know, forty by twenty five or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The in, one of the entire corners piled up to the ceiling of like construction materials. You know, just like ceilings we've ripped down, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That was I can't even remember. It was hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I know. I don't. Right. Because it depends on the material too. Like that if too. it's easy to move, it's cheaper. But if it's little bits of things, it's more. It was like nails and broken glass and stuff. So yeah. I'm assuming it wasn't too easy. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I was like, be careful when you're moving this. See, this is why I am not moving out of my house. Yeah. Never. Unless. It's an expensive, it's... stressful process. That's for sure. Ugh, it's terrible. Moving. Ugh. All right. I'm going to read a headline and you guys guess why they're doing this. Oh, goody. You ready? Money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> That's the answer to there everything, you go. <laughs> isn't it? You're right about that. Balloons are now banned in Laguna Beach, California. As of 2024, they cannot be used on public property or at city events. Because they are terrible for the environment. That'd be my Balloons guess. are? Yep. I mean, yeah. people let them go. They go into the atmosphere. They pop, and then they just fall in wherever. In Laguna Beach, they go into the ocean. They probably kill a lot yep. of fish yeah, kill and turtles. turtles and stuff. I'm going to say latex why would a bo- Why would a popped balloon hurt a turtle because it goes into the ocean and then it sinks and then they eat them because they think it's a jellyfish Mm -hmm. 
Turtles are dumb. Turtles are dumb. Yeah, yeah. turtles are very dumb. Even <laughs> your mother. Back to back. Turtles are dumb. Oh, turtles. I love turtles. But Who's that little boy? Oh, I love turtles. Oh, you're right. I like turtles, yeah. I like I turtles. Remember, yeah. That's what he said. That's right. So that's because they so the turtles are choking to death on the balloons. Well, it's probably yeah. just like fish and then fish everything. probably kills one. Mm. It's bad for the. I mean, seagulls otter, are pretty just dumb too. Having a bunch of balloons all over the. But same thing with plastic bags. Yeah, in California. Yeah, the answer is probably going to be like yes, because mom. balloons right. are Heli- white supremacy. Helium overdoses. I don't know. Actually, hey, that people are trying to ban helium balloons because helium is becoming rare. It oh, is? is it really? There's only a certain that. amount of helium, and we need it for things like MRIs, oh, superconductors. Sure. Sure. You need helium for an MRI? That's, yeah, I, liquid helium. What? MRIs use liquid helium to get so cold that the wires in the MRIs become superconductors, okay. which basically means that, so in a normal wire, electricity goes through it, and the wire heats up, and that heat is waste. It's wasted energy. In a superconductor, there is no heat, so there's no wasted energy. And the amount of energy an MRI requires, that's very, very important. So without the liquid helium, no MRIs. Well, there you go. It's an educational show. Yeah, Yeah, here we go. The more you know. I'd be fine never using a helium balloon again. Yeah. I'm not not a huge balloon. Although last night I blew up four balloons in my living room because we were playing Don't Let the Balloon Touch the Ground. Mm -hmm. And they just, the kids kept on being like, add more balloons. And I was like, well, whatever. We have a little bag of balloons. And as we were playing, Fawn was just hysterically laughing. I was like, raise your hand if you think this is so fun. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't need helium? You don't, but you don't need helium. You don't need helium. Nope. And I promise you I will dispose of them in a responsible manner. All right, I'm going to read. I have not seen them yet, but I'm going to read some of the comments in the story. They're going to stop using balloons in Laguna Beach. Okay. okay. Businesses can't. Nobody can use them in public spaces. Spaces. Right. Spaces. <laughs> Nothing in the ruling states anything about using condoms as a substitute. It would be a little hard to explain at five years old birthday parties. What the hell? What in what? the hell kind okay. of comment okay. is that? You're a weird are, person, your commenter. Uh, yeah. oh, at my mm. child's yeah. birthday party. Problem not a, solved. Not a latex glove. That'd be more fun. Yeah, that's a, a closer to a balloon. Party. Mm-hmm. Everything, and the re- this is exactly the reason I want to read this. Because I was going to see who they'd blame for being the bad guy in this one. Republicans? Big balloon. Get Tucker Carlson on the job. He's all about getting rid of balloons. He'll fire up his fake rage machine, and everyone will be on board in two nights. See, how How is that political? How broken does your brain have to be to hear a balloon, (laughs) the word balloon, and think Tucker Tucker Carlson? I know. It's just weird. (laughs) Hey, some people have balloon fetishes. Yes, one of the early early days in the Internet, balloon. Hey there, YouTubers. He'd like blow up balloons and get inside of them on oh YouTube. Oh my God. What? Yeah. He was a weirdo. Okay. Jeez, they're getting, these okay. comments are getting really weird. This is on Newser, by it the gets, way. It gets weird. It already well, is. Started out pretty you weird. Started out. How about this? Fred Neck says, no more fake boobies. What does that got to do with balloons? Um, I'm not a plastic what? surgeon, but I don't think they five party balloons have entered the group chat. I think they've heard just latex, and it's all things yeah, latex apply here. Uh, what? Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Oh my God! What are we going to do about drug addicts' rights? They need balloons to get high. Why? They do. 
I or guess it's like huff Tevin? from them drug or something. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah, Tevin. <laughs> you drug addicts, how do you use balloons to get high? I need to know. <laughs> Who are you without your balloons? I'll say, what drug do you do with balloons? Like, I don't. I could see if they were saying like drug traffickers, because don't they like put like type drugs in yeah, balloons? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like up, except instead of a house, it's a brick of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, How Doug magical. Masters. Finally, a post that makes sense. Doug Masters posts. That's because people prove time and time again they cannot and will not clean up after themselves. Yep. He's absolutely right. That's the uh, so, yeah. so that's that why true. their band is just because of like a littering i think so I think it's it, because yeah. people just yep. yeah let them float away and pop and my favorite is the pictures of um the aftermath of climate protests where oh, it's like just, trash piled oh, up yeah. 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 garbage everywhere it's like you yeah. clearly don't care about the environment mm-hmm. if you're just throwing your signs on the ground once the protest is over yeah we care about our instagram account yep, exactly. looking like we care mm-hmm. about it yes yeah. I don't know. It's just the, the whole thing. It's, it's quite the argument is all I have to say. Uh, it says here, myself, sigh, no more gender reveals on Laguna Beach. Or they have yeah. a top of balloon. Yeah, because they pop the balloon and it'll be like blue smoke oh, or red smoke okay. or pink smoke. Well, when did the whole gender reveal thing become a thing? Uh, I know. I feel Who like five, six, six years ago. Year, six-ish years ago. They were really big when I had fawn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we just, we had like kind of a lazy person's gender reveal because we were already ha- having a Christmas party and we were like, let's put pink lights on the tree and be like, hey, guess go. what right. our baby is because yeah, everybody's already go. here. We did silly string. We had oh, a blue did. silly string and pink silly string okay. and when the, uh, the radiologist the did the ultrasound, we were like, okay, don't tell us, just take one of these cans, blue for boy, pink for girl, and then you know, get rid of the one that it's not and give us the cans back. Yeah. And we put, like, tape over the cans so yeah. we couldn't see the color. Mm-hmm. So oh. what we did was we got home and we sprayed the silly string and we were like, oh, it's a boy. Because we go. didn't even know until we sprayed it. Okay. So it's kind of... Yeah. Well, we never knew until yeah. you were born, Andy. And the only reason you knew yeah, that Alex have... was a girl that is because you had a little yeah, bit I of Yeah, I didn't have any problem. ultrasounds with you. Yeah. Me and my health problem. No ultrasounds? Nope, I didn't have any ultrasounds with you. Man, they nowadays you should probably go to prison. They were like, it's not <laughs> right. necessary. They're, they're like, it's completely unnecessary unless there's a problem. There's, like, only oh, one, okay. there's only one ultrasound that is necessary, actually, in pregnancy now. It's the 20-week anatomy scan, just to make sure make that sure the, the child doesn't need is, to be yeah. born near a NICU or whatever, yeah. like whisked away immediately, or if the child will survive or whatever. Because I think pretty much all birth defects happen by 20 weeks. Yes. So, oh, do they? Yeah. It's like if they're suppose, okay at yeah, 20 weeks, then they're okay. I had a more late, or less. I had a late one with both my kids because Fawn had a heart murmur. And they wanted to make sure that that was they always have heart whatever. And then Sage, he just was in there for so long. They were like, we just want to make sure. Well, make sure yes. he's doing all right. She's okay in there. Yeah. Okay, we're coming up, not all that close, but we're getting there to be close to the end of World War II. Um, that was a while I ago. I think World War Dad? II ended quite a while ago. Nine, yeah. no, what, four, 1945? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're talking 78 years, something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, close to, eight, yeah, 78. 78 years. There's an article in the paper this morning 
These were Hitler's plans for the U.S. if he'd won World War II. I think we know. Well, you know, I, he was I very clear about his plans. I know. Who cares? He's been dead for <laughs> almost dead 80, for 80 years. years. Whatever People Hitler thought, we can move on. Yeah, I wonder what Vlad the Impaler's plan was for Prussia. <laughs> yeah. So can we get it? He very wasn't a great guy. Point. The word Impaler was in his name. But yeah. I think it's, you know, it's okay to let go after a certain yeah. point. Yeah. He's just not obsessed. With Vlad the people. Impaler. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Heard yeah, that people are very obsessed with Hitler. They sure there are. Yes, sure they are. are. Well, he's the most recent, like, world bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before yeah. him, it was pro- it probably yeah. was Vlad the Impaler. It probably yeah. was, yeah. You know, like in well, China, they still talk about Genghis, Genghis Khan because yeah. yeah. he, he really messed up Asia for a long time. I remember learning about Genghis Khan in school, and I did not care about history at all when I was in school. But I was in history class, and we talked about Genghis Khan, and I was like, this is messed up. Oh. He was a not right. nice guy. Yeah, Mad that was the man. only thing I remember really from history class is learning about Genghis Khan well, and thinking just, it was just banana. It's so crazy to think that that, that at that time in history and that place in history, you could basically just go up to a barbarian tribe and be like, "Let's go kill everyone," and they were like, "Yeah, sure." Great. Yeah, we're in. Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, that's I got not nothing else nice, to do. No, yeah. You've All right. Is that gonna do it? I suppose so. Apparently. It's time for the end. Of, what, what could I call <laughs> is it? Uh, is it time for that? A, I was going to go with ender reveal the instead end of gender. Oh, ender okay. reveal as opposed to gender reveal. But it's I couldn't get it out of my head. Yeah. Epic fail right there. Andy just sprays right. silly string to let us know when the show's <laughs> over. Okay, boy, look at the time. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening.